Um, yeah, so the wedding is later uh, in true New York fashion and very fitting to uh, pass wedding faux pas for me. It's extremely muggy out now, so I'll probably have some wardrobe <laughs> malfunction. been up to you i feel like it's been forever it has i haven't talked to you in ages <laughs> in this forum i haven't in talked this... to you in ages period <laughs> i don't even know what's happening anymore oh my god <laughs> i know i mean i hate to use the b word but i've just been so busy <laughs> i thought that was the s word swamped Swamped. Tamina, Tamina, Tamina. <laughs> oh, That's my. Berlin Fashion Weekly, people. <laughs> Fa- Fashion Week spelled with E-A. <laughs> uh, I apologize if I'm echoey. I'm in my old apartment. Um, You're in the grottos. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one that we have to leave soon. Oh, no. Are you getting squeezed out because of gentrification? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. At all, yeah. uh, they, this neighborhood could use some gentrification. It's a dump, and it's yeah. only gotten dumpier over the last twelve years. It needs it needs some big Bielefeld money, <laughs> some big um, Schwabish money. Which, by the yeah. way, just got back from that region um, with Krista. We were in Esslingen mm-hmm. near Stuttgart. The food is so good. Mm-hmm. It's like one of two areas in Germany with good food. Um, people are really nice, unlike mm-hmm. the losers here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else? Yeah, it was just really pleasant. And that was when the weather changed. It just really flipped from that never-ending spring of 12 degrees mm-hmm. uh, to just like boiling and wearing shorts. So uh, Here it's a, just switched to being... Uh, extremely muggy mm. and at, at around 70 degrees or so mm-hmm. Fahrenheit and um, yeah the work that I have hanging from my first show with David like three years ago that's paper mounted on uh, on cradle panels like any time oh, yeah. the humidity level takes up you can tell it by the <laughs> surface <laughs> the surface of the paintings <laughs> a good barometer uh, it is a good barometer yeah uh do you have your ac on yet no we were we were toying with that thought but i don't think i'm ready for that noise Mm -hmm. level in my life quite yet yeah that's true um Uh, it's wild though they were doing uh like road work uh overnight the other the other night here like con ed just showed up at 7 p.m or something and like was doing like major jackhammering Mm -hmm. and uh we just could not close the windows because it's that it's that warm now. Also, we're at the top floor, so oh, like God. heat rises here and just stays. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, we're going to a wedding later, for which we rented tuxedos. Cute. Please post the photos. <laughs> I'm, I'm so hesitant about this because I just don't, I don't look good in that tux. Are you sure? I'm absolutely sure. I mean, a suit, a suit is supposed to make you look good. You're supposed to like put it on, look in the mirror, and just be like, "Who's this dapper person?" Come on, um, even I look good in tuxedo, and I'm fat. <laughs> I honestly don't know what to say. Maybe it's the like the traditional 
cut and the traditional length it's just like the the jacket is like a touch too like low in my like in my glute area it's just i don't know it's just not a good look for me i will send pictures so okay um also we got it at men's warehouse yes. so like connect the dots all right and that's a rental right it is a rental but it's like yeah. uh you know we got it at atlantic uh terminal oh yes that men's warehouse <laughs> Yeah, and my my best friend from Israel is in town now with her boyfriend, and so on the first day they just had to like kill some hours before they could check into the apartment. Mm-hmm. They're um they're staying in, and so they dropped they dropped off their bags at our apartment. And they just were touring the neighborhood, and I was like, well, you can always go to like uh, downtown Brooklyn and go to Target or whatever. And she actually uh, took up on my offer, and after the fact, she was like, where the hell did you send me? <laughs> this is like. <laughs> This is like the Tel Aviv equivalent of like Port Authority, the whole area. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I had yeah. a great time when I was there for the show and I tried to find an outfit for the opening and I went to that Atlantic yeah. Terminal Target, Marshalls, Burlington. I, by the way, I just noticed uh, your TikTok uh, like upward inclination in how you. Uh, <laughs> I would describe things. <laughs> Kudos. I'm up speaking <laughs> from now on. So this morning I woke up. Actually, uh, we sound like what's her name? <laughs> Fran Leibowitz. God. No, even even more so the impression oh. of uh, Fran yeah. Leibowitz by what's his name? The mm. Asian guy from SNL. The Korean oh. guy. Um, Bowen Yang. That was actually so. His Fran Leibowitz impression was like the thing that kind of I think sprung him out of. Not anonymity, but like mediocrity on SNL. He really like knocked it out of the park. And he's on the uh, new Fire Island movie. Fi- yeah, Fire Island movie. <laughs> I guess it was created by the other Korean comedian, that hot bottom. Oh, yeah, he's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was created by him. Yeah. It's funny because it's like you ever only really heard leading up to it about Bo and Yang being in it. But I'm really yeah. actually excited for that movie because I've been re watching the reality show. <laughs> oh my god i love how everything connects because my next segue would be that when i went to pick up uh, the <laughs> tax rental i saw a photo a photo shoot including one of the uh one of the fags from the original oh fire island <laughs> um well now to loop back to tiktok is that annoying fag that's on tiktok <laughs> yeah with his boyfriend well they just recently oh uh they just recently camped yeah <laughs> And you got a chance to look into their remote apartment uh, oh, search. They're so annoying. He was so annoying on the show. He was a little bitch. Um, as I know, because I'm rewatching. Yeah. And he was like, what, 21 when the show aired originally? Yeah. Which makes him like 26 now. Yeah. Something. And he was never coming to family dinner. And oh that was always God. causing the drama. And uh, the, se- the self-deprecating quote-unquote bear. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the one who's actually the physically most desirable out of all of them in the gay or community. It's like, no, I no mean, one likes me. I'm ugly. <laughs> yeah, but also just in terms of his BMI level, like there was nothing to write home about. It was pretty standard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the most annoying one was a raspy one. Like he sounded like he had been screaming oh for three days straight. And I he's have to the look one, up the characters. He's, I think his name was Cheyenne, which tells you everything you need to know about him oh is that that <laughs> bartender a bartender uh N- not that messy the, porn star that's yes. patrick no no not the one there's the they run into this like 
nomadic fag. <laughs> Does that ring any bells? I don't know. But okay. Shan's the one that's like, I can't believe that I cooked all day and you didn't come to family breakfast. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That one. But he has like a timber to the rasp. Like, I can't imitate that right now. Yeah. Without popping a nodule. And Jorge Bustillos. Oh, oh he was hot. Yeah. The Venezuelan one. Oh, he's Venezuelan? Yeah. It's like, I left being a doctor in Venezuela to work in marketing. And it's like, girl, that says everything you need to know about the medical profession. (laughs) Also, he's he's giving like major Juan Yosef vibes. (laughs) Juan. Yosef Juan. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah, so the wedding is later uh, in true New York fashion and very fitting to uh, pass wedding faux pas for me. It's extremely muggy out now, so I'll probably have some wardrobe (laughs) malfunction. Because previously, when Jordan's childhood friend got married, like five years ago or so, if I'm not mistaken, I made the just fatal mistake of taking a hot shower before leaving the house, (laughs) wearing a suit for, I think it was a July wedding, a rooftop wedding. And I just like the second I stepped out of the house, I started sweating through everything. (laughs) Thankfully, the wedding took place in Midtown. So I was able to um, run over and get a new shirt at Uniqlo. But it was just so (laughs) it was so embarrassing. (laughs) I was ready to run over to the Midtown baths. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, every wedding I've been to. It's always like 36 degrees and humid and Mm -hmm. I'm in a suit or a tuxedo. Yeah. And it's just unbearable. Right. So I know the feeling when I get married to the man of my dreams, I will have one of those embarrassing barefoot on a beach weddings. Yes. And we'll do, we'll do a Gaga flash mob in your honor. (laughs) Something from Chromatica, the remix album. (laughs) Maybe we'll oh, have Arca. I forgot there was even a remix album. Isn't that crazy? It it just like was here one day, gone tomorrow. Like same as Chromatica. Well, if anything, the remix album is actually better than the uh, non-remix yeah. album. Um. Well, shout out to Jesse Williams for his uh, <laughs> for his day in the sun. <laughs> yeah, please Google Jesse Williams. Um, bears all if you haven't seen it yet. Because honestly. It's so difficult finding nude shots in like on American internet the same way as I think in China you can post like (laughs) anti-lockdown like news because I I Googled it. And what is your source for nudes of that sort? Well, it was on Twitter and I'm sure they're all gone from Twitter now. Like it probably just they get removed so quickly. Uh, But it was very impressive. Sherry Shepard was right. She was going off. (laughs) On Wendy Williams a few weeks ago about it, and it's true. Like that song is insane. Um, we should have gone also, to see that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we should have. I don't think so. The my school, the parents uh, teachers association gave us tickets to see Company, um, which was really incredible. But amazing. Uh, imagine if they had gotten us tickets to see oh what play was that? Uh, Take me out. Take about, me out. About the gay yeah. baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, did Patty Lapone scream at you? <laughs> oh God, that's stunt queen, Karen Lapone. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it. I don't think she's the. She was well cast in Company. <laughs> Ooh, 
I'll just say it. I mean, she's no Elaine Stritch, and Patty Lapone is, you know, a huge diva and a great star, but not necessarily a right fit for, you know, to walk a mile in Elaine Stritch's shoes. Yeah. Um, we did watch the documentary, the Criterion documentary about the recording of the original cast. Oh, I want to see that. Um, like of Company, and then back to back, we watched um, documentary now. The Fred Armisen, Seth Meyers, um, Bill Hader show on Netflix. Ah, I haven't seen that. The like spoofs, spoofs documentaries, um, creates them into mockumentaries. And the one that's about companies called Co-op and it features <laughs> Richard Kind, who I then the following day after I got off work saw, obviously walking down. Oh, I like, love him. Yeah. So I'm walking down like uh, Amsterdam and whatever, 81st Street because he's just a upper west side denizen uh have they parodied truth or dare yet they might have i think there's already like three seasons but it just requires so much like inside knowledge to be in on the jokes yeah so that like when we watch the a uh the company like spoof it was like it was like a facsimile of the documentary that you couldn't have enjoyed it if you hadn't just watched the original documentary yeah uh, and the one afterwards was, I guess, a uh, a spoof or like a mockumentary about uh, Marina Abramowitz. <laughs> the whole like the artist is present uh, mm-hmm. moment featuring Kate, Kate Blanchett as Marina Abramowitz. <laughs> um, yeah. Is she Jewish? She's not Jewish, right? No. Is she married uh, to an Abramowitz or is that maiden name? Well, it's uh, Abramovich and I think it's just like... Um one of the Yugoslavian national uh, national dish. <laughs> well, no, it's uh, you know obviously sounds Jewish, but you know just so, has biblical so she has connotations. Nothing, she has nothing to do with Roman. No, no, but I think it's spelled differently. Right, uh, Abramovich. With the elaborate, oh, yeah, she's Serbian. VCZ. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. No, no, she's Serbian, so it's a C with an accent. And then, like in Polish, Abramovich is like CZ at the end, right? Um, but yeah, I just think all the Slavs have that name, like a son of Abraham kind of mm-hmm. last name. I'm a, I'm a Slav for you. <laughs> um. What's what's been happening in the art world since we last recorded? I think uh, much ado about nothing. Right? Yeah, I've completely shut off the art world, shut it out. Yeah, much like my fifth graders, I'm absolutely checked out at this point. Totally checked out. Like, I'm just ready to turn this podcast into two annoying queens fetching about gay culture. Like we just did, talking about Broadway. <laughs> I mean, what has this been all along? <laughs> <laughs> um i think we just could really fully go there we need free broadway tickets i think that's what needs to happen especially when i move to new york mm-hmm. since rumors are buzzing around town that i'm moving to new york so mm-hmm. are you going to replace <laughs> wendy williams on the wendy williams show <laughs> well, um, apparently she's coming back in september so <laughs> yeah sure uh, i'm not holding my breath for that uh, you know what's interesting? When we went to see Plaza Suite, there were way fewer flaming fags than there were at Company. Like really? Company was such a draw for the faggiest of like theater gays. Hmm. 
Um, and I get it. It's like it's more Broadway-y and like the like the it's a musical. It's really gay. <laughs> sure, but like Sondheim wasn't wasn't that type of gay. I know, it, but like, it's just like musicals are for like old women gays. Right. <laughs> and David's it's dad. A, yes. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. F. <laughs> it is a really great show. I'm not like 100% sold on the gender reverse or like flip they have going on for this revival. Uh, the main lead is just not not a good fit for that mm-hmm. role. She's talented, but like, I don't know. Also, I'm such a Broadway novice that like all of my impressions are... I mean, they should put me in a focus group because, like, I have zero <laughs> knowledge of Broadway. <laughs> my my impressions are, like, pure and uh, uh, virginous. Uh, I'm just going to grab some water. I'll be right back. Sorry. And while Amir's away, uh, I will get into my love of Rent, which I don't think we've talked about enough on this podcast. Um, Amir, are you back yet? <laughs> Uh, what did I miss? 25,600 minutes. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> um, I had too much to drink last night, and it's just so humid out there that I, it's just like not a, not a good combination for me. And there's the wedding later. Wait, is um, today? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, my God. I thought it was like so a month long. away or something. No, no. And the, that tuxedo rental is pricey, and you have to return it the day after the event jesus um how much was it um it's like 219 yeah that's pricey and they they messed up the order and it was supposed to get a bow tie didn't come so they were like oh you can just buy one oh my god and i'm like okay and then we're like okay we'll discount like half or whatever so i ended up buying a buying a bow tie and the guy like pulled out a joseph abood bow tie and his manager was like you're not giving him that (laughs) And so you a fancier French bow tie or whatever. Oh and God. it just like made me realize that Joseph Abood is such a, it was, it was just like put it in the same drawer as many other great Seinfeld references that have just like <laughs> Pierre Cardin, <laughs> Pierre Cardin, but also the Penske file, which I constantly <laughs> see on the streets. It's just, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a Pierre Cardin. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it the Joseph Aboud suit that uh, George like hides away in a boutique? With the no, I think it was Brioni. Sale? No, it was a Brioni suit. Really? Like, yeah, he's like freaking out that there it's a Brioni suit. Oh, okay. With the Russell? I think so, yeah. The crotch and then, rustles. And it, and it ruffles. Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. So... Uh, yeah, in art news, I guess uh, I did my due diligence. I went to see, uh, I went to check out Independent Art Fair last week. Uh, yeah, last Friday. A uh, friend of the pod, Uman, um, had a solo booth with uh, Nicola Vassal. Great solo booth. Looked amazing. Shout Looked amazing. Um, and other than that, I just like. Nothing really registered because it was such a blur. I was in such a rush because it was so underwhelming. Yeah. Um, it's in that Cipriani space or something. Where is it now? 
Casa no, it was last last year for some reason. It was in the Cipriani space, which was really nice. People hated it, but I loved it. They had all these like Julian, huge Julian schnabels. Um, why does that word sound so dirty? Schnabel. Um, they had all these huge Julian schnabels like hanging in like nooks, <laughs> and it's a really it's a really beautiful like like Beaux Arts revival like uh, pier or whatever. I'm sure I'm getting all these. <laughs> oh, on the pier there, yeah. We drove yeah. past it a bunch, yeah. But it's it's like a revival because no one built in that style around that time. Yeah, it had no, to be it like is intentional. Like um, so I think that venue was great, uh, but they moved back to Spring Studios or whatever that's called in Tribeca, like, and that's where it had been for a few years. Like we had been there, I think, yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. And there's something that like really is nice. It's but. nice. It's just like it it like oozes Tilda Swinton vibes. It's like <laughs> like sleek and like modernist, like really. <laughs> really minimalist uh and i guess it's around the corner from the hort collection oh that's right opened, i remember going hasn't opened its doors in a few years now i guess because of COVID. Oh. well at least you didn't get like emotionally manipulated into donating 20 dollars <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> and also the endless stories of them like really you know being infatuated with you and then just like Th- throwing you to the dogs. I just Which, don't like. I'm forgetting done. about Bye. you. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. So independent well, was, I guess, nice. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say. So there was independent, and then also there were like other fairs. There was Nada, right? How was Nada? Mm-hmm. I <clears throat> I didn't get to see that. I did. Some, I was doing something uh, last week. I guess it was Mother's Day, and we went upstate. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was Mother's Day. Um, I just um, I don't know. It's just what 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 is there for me to gain? Yeah, by going to these fairs, like what it's it's just becoming more clear that it's not for the masses or for art enthusiasts either. Yeah, it's not for the artists unless they're like making bank. Um, yeah. Just everything. It's not that it looks the same, but it's just like I don't know. I'm gonna I say mean, something. In a way, it does just all look the same because it's like you know some galleries. It's like um, like this one. I think Esther Shipper. It's like they always have that artist that has these like colored chain curtains, and it's like every time I see them in a fair, there's that fucking color chain curtain. It's like yeah, with like the like cutout. Every- yeah, every single time it's just like the same vendor brings out the same old schmata. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say something really snobbish, but I uh, say it. Just say it. Print. Spill it. <laughs> same same um, thought I have that applies to literature is that I have zero tolerance for anything contemporary because <laughs> in my mind, if it if it has not like attempted to stand the test of time, then like... I don't want to waste my time on you because there's like just something House about of the Gucci. Yeah. There's just something about anything contemporary that really, for the most part, tries to like, you know, uh, capture the zeitgeist or tap into the zeitgeist or whatever. And it's, there's just, it's, it's not a, it's not a graceful sort of, um, I don't know how to put it. It's just like, leave me alone. I just would rather, go to bed with the old masters or with like you know proven with an concepts. old man <laughs> with an old man please don't slide into my dms 
Just like give me a, a proven concept. Well, that's why I loved our last visit to the Met. I just said that to someone yesterday. I was like, I just really don't care anymore. Like there's rarely a show where I'm like, oh, that was really amazing and worth seeing. Um, but the Met was fab. Even that shitty fashion show. Um, yeah. yeah, because it was educational at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, um, I would just appreciate it more if they like if contemporary art was a touch less didactic and maybe a little bit more educational. Because mm-hmm. like instead of like you know being wagged a finger at for doing something wrong or not knowing something or not understanding something, maybe taking an approach that's more holistic in its like educational vibe. Yeah. Um, but I guess that that could maybe segue us into um manhattan art reviews review of the biennial (laughs) which you so kindly shared with me a couple of weeks ago i'm gonna i'm gonna send you the link just so you don't have to scramble oh thanks to look for it now um i will say before we get oh sorry yeah go ahead oh no never mind i have too big of a tangent we'll we'll discuss this and then We'll get to you my short. Sure? Yeah, yeah, it's <clears> fine. Uh, so, do we even know who Manhattan, Manhattan Art Review is? I think I saw a photo of him on Twitter. Because there was a yeah, photo. Yeah, I mean, there's photos. Photo of him and a guy, and there was an email address. So I'm just assuming it's uh, someone that's not like a big name or something. So, like. And he's not a bot. Or a, <laughs> uh, or a big fake, whatever they call them. Or Jerry Gagosian. And not RG Bunny, too. <laughs> yes. Please, tipsters, slide into our DMs. We <laughs> need to know who RG Bunny is. We are losing sleep over this. Yeah. David is especially. So let yeah. us know. <laughs> um. So you want to say a thing or two about uh, Manhattan Art Review's uh, thing? Uh, about his shtick in general or the Whitney Biennial Review? The, I wouldn't call it a shtick, but his <laughs> no, uh, no, no, but I just mean his. Well, you brought him to my attention. He has a Twitter account and posts these kind of like one or two paragraph reviews of shows and give the gives them one to five stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Wendy says it like he means it, mm-hmm. uh, which is good because most other um, writers or publications they mainly do like a negative review by omission mm. um hence us not being reviewed for our wonderful solo show uh, <laughs> true uh but manhattan art review which actually i just went to the index of the web page mm-hmm. sean Tatol, born august 4th 1989 damn um, i feel taylor so swift's old. age yeah i feel really old so Sean Tatol at HankJWimbledon at gmail.com. His, what, what is it? Nom de plume. <laughs> Nom de guerre. Um, so guess this is a real person. I'll pull his police records and see. Um, so yeah, no, there's, there's a critics corner with two K's like yeah. Kim Kardashian. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, and he I writes, like, uh, yeah, he writes these really concise, succinct reviews, uh, rates them on a scale from one to five, from awful to great. 
And yeah. uh, he's not like a bumbling idiot in the dumbing down of the. Uh, but he uses a normal review. language and not like he uses normal language, but he, art speak. Yeah, no, but he he clearly is a very knowledgeable. Yeah, sort of a uh, you know art art reviewer. So, for example, a review he posted for James Terrell's show at Pace Prints uh, was given two stars. Uh, and he wrote nine ovals, three layouts, um, a very narrow scope of color. These feel like sci-fi production mock-ups, and I guess they pretty much are. Just goes to show you that Torell is a special effects technician first and artist second. Two stars. <laughs> As we call it in Hebrew, katsal velayinyan, short and to the point. <clears throat> Um, but I guess the Whitney Biennial like really antagonized and aggravated him enough to write a uh, write a New Yorker length <laughs> review, uh, which, to be honest, it also aggravated us. And reading this review really sort of resonated, just like yeah. to the bone. And uh, just to give you an idea, the opening line: "Well, does anyone like the Whitney Biennial? Do the artists, collectors?" gallerists advisors the art going public the fucking curators i can't discern <laughs> from my camp any real enthusiasm and that's pretty uh spot on yeah so, so. essentially yeah he essentially goes on to making the point that it's it it happens by way of inertia now and it's effectively lost its um it's just it's it's done by force of habit at this point with no one actually really knowing what it's for what purpose it serves and it's at this point as a vehicle to inject any any sort of contemporary mores or you know other uh not sure how to put it it's just like an empty vessel at this point basically that you can inject yeah. anything you want into it and i don't mean that in a positive sense of the word and it really just reinforces kind of the forces of the market as well. Mm -hmm. Because any of those kind of threads or themes that you see, it's um, things aren't there because they're the best. It's just they have that market inertia as well. Right. Um, um, and he also laments what we lamented that there's just a lot of kind of emptiness to the whole theory theoretical underpinnings of the curatorial work with like you know lines from the artist from from a show statement uh saying the widespread questioning of institutions and their structures etc etc all these like meaningless ways to say meaningless things yeah. um did you ever go to it i forget if you saw the biennial when you were in town oh yeah went with david yeah 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 Right. I wish I wish the three of us were there live, mean tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just no, waiting for just that very show. Like, yeah. You know. I wonder what the next show is. Uh, I don't know. I just don't care. This is going. This is going to be up for a while, right? Yeah, I think till the fall. I guess. Jesus, September. Kind of open, so it can yeah, so it can be up all summer, and then. Yeah, I who know. The hell so is like, anyone. Who, yeah, who the hell is flocking to New York City to see this biennial? The same people that are flocking to see Documenta and the Whitney and the Venice Biennial and like blah blah blah. Like, yeah, uh, 
the junior assistant curators <clears throat> at third rate institutions that think they're going to like network their way up. <laughs> right. Uh, um, and he also calls it like it is. He says, uh, and I'm quoting, if these artists, the artists in the show, care so much about direct action and community organizing, then why are, there, why are they artists and not community organizers? Exactly. Yeah. S- and someone I know made that point recently as well. And it's like, it's so true. Yeah. If you um, are so interested in floral design, just be a florist. And right. stop putting a wrap around it because that actually is kind of classist. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing wrong with being a florist or a floral designer. And There's also nothing art- wrong with being a community organizer or a social worker. And you would actually yeah. have more impact doing that. But also, how did we get to this point where there's such a merging of realms where art, artists just feel like they must expand, you know, their practice into other yeah. other fields such as political organizing, activism, reading rooms, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Also, like, nobody fucking reads those things. Do they realize it? I mean, there's re- truly nothing more self-congratulating and or blind to the reality to, like you know install these moments with the thought that people are actually going to like sift through your entire yeah you know text or whatever yeah um it's it's truly like i'm also like at a loss for word at this point words for at this point because i it just doesn't bother me as much as it used to because i truly care less now about the general direction the art world is going um, I feel like it, it just lost me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, um, it's like when I see terrible dance in a contemporary context, I'm like, can we just leave this on an actual stage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. And friend of the pod who no longer listens anymore, um, Dr. Vitrock would agree, actually. <laughs> <laughs> How um, did we get him back? Uh, I, I don't know. A Groupon um, offer? <laughs> <laughs> maybe a, t- a telfar promotion <laughs> um yeah no i think it's the constant obsession with like the new and evolution and it's like this very like pomo thing of like interdisciplinary blah 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 and right. and that's where it just like all went amok <laughs> mm-hmm. um I just remember like six, seven years ago when it was still novel to like um, have a social sculpture in an impoverished community. <laughs> yes. And also, you know, give give room like uh, like the proverbial sit this one out where you like you let kind of injustices of the past be translated into a more diverse and inclusive showing and roster of artists like the door was like open to that and that was such a special moment you started seeing just you know a broader variety and a bigger plurality of voices and faces and whatnot but what are what are we left with for the most part like 10 or so years later we're left with like boring ass art for the most part i'm saying not across the board and or art that's like a um is essentialized self-essentializing artists like heavy-handed didactic art just general like disenjoyment um 
I guess Dean Kissick like retweeted Manhattan Art Review's review of the biennial, and then um, what's her name, Gina? Oh, Gina Beaver smacked him down. Yeah, Gina Beaver <laughs> smacked him down, and then I like replied to her saying like, "Well, I guess the sins of white men is like our punishment is bad art for those sins, basically." Um, and it just feels like, sorry, I absolutely never get into Twitter exchanges with anyone. I just, I felt like that was a momentary, 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 sorry, safe space. Well, also Dean's not white. Isn't he Asian? Like, And he's also British. So it's like, it doesn't matter. But she's like, white man. And then you're like, oh my God. Like, yeah. okay. And other times, yes. But like her point was not accurate. Right. And then another point uh, Manhattan Art, Art Review goes on to making is that the vast majority of the work in the in the biennial, and I'm quoting, presumes that the interiority of an imposed significance is where the value of an artwork comes from, meaning that if you say that something is something and you have the credentials and the bona fides to sort of, you know, not be, um, not be second guessed for it, then boom, you, ha- you injected meaning into the artwork and elevated its status and its significance. And it's kind of like, it, I guess it puts us more traditional artists who aren't necessarily, uh, um, our work is not necessarily about our identity and or are, we're not sort of a hot commodity identity at the moment. Like we're kind of left on the sidelines or like are forced to sit this one out. Um, 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 well, so this, I want to lead into Berlin gallery weekend. Oh yes, please. Which just happened a couple weeks ago. Um, and yeah, and there's examples of that where it's like the Louis for Louis Fertino, Louis Louis, <laughs> I think it's Lou. <laughs> uh, it keep it used to always say Lou. Now it says Louis Fortino. Um, at Gallery Noy, um, home of radiators with stickers on them and other <laughs> dry conceptual work, suddenly has a Louis Fortino show. Um, where the really sweet woman who worked the, at the gallery uh, asked me and my friend, she's like. Have you, are you familiar with Louis Fertino's work? Uh, most people in Berlin are not familiar with it. And I'm just really? like, really? Like what rock are they under? Uh, and I told her I'm gay and I have been involuntarily inundated with this work. Right. For years now. Uh, much like a Wolfgang Tillman's. <laughs> um, are you really comparing the two? You know, I'm saying if you're a gay man, you're constantly flooded with like Wolfgang Tillman's work on social media and now Lou Fertino. Yeah. Um, And then there were other things where you're like, how did you like his show? uh, The paintings are very flat. Mm -hmm. Uh, They existed a variety of scales, uh, you know. Which is something I like about his work. He's not a... uh shy about experimenting with different because like you know when when we find a sort of 
quote-unquote winning or successful formula we sort of stick to it but he's mm-hmm. been pretty versatile in um like horizontal vertical different widths different lengths yeah. i mean it takes a lot to be able to ad- yeah. adapt yourself to a different canvas uh, um size well i wouldn't say the small ones are successful <clears throat> at all yeah like a tiny painting of the statue of Lib- uh, sorry of the empire state building snooze um it just really relies on you coming with a lot of like positive bias yeah to the show i guess to enjoy it because to you know the untrained or like the eye that does not know lou fratino i'm not quite sure how much of a novel value yeah value in the novelty of this show this show has to offer well, this show is one of the few that I saw people Instagramming a lot. Yeah. Uh, like Berliners, who I know, you know, mostly in the art world. Uh, definitely people yassing it. And mm-hmm. again, it's like if, I don't know, this didn't have like the market momentum behind it, this would not be at this gallery because this is right. like completely apart from anything they ever show. Mm-hmm. And even just like the content and kind of like stylistic elements of it. I don't know. Would they care if anyone else did it? No. Um, I just, I'm not sure I need to see any more like anal penetration paintings. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not prudish by any stretch of the imagination, but like it's just enough already. Also who hangs it? Like what tacky rich gay hangs a anal penetration painting? in their living room i don't know um yeah and then there were other shows too where again kind of similar topics of it's like well if someone else made this work would you care um and also instagram uh has started exposing me to a lot of uh, lou fratino knockoffs lately which you know it's not a like it's not a it's not an impossible mission because I mean Lou Fertino's work to begin with is a pastiche of uh you know different different moments in uh twentieth century um art history. Yeah. Uh on a positive note though, uh saw a wonderful show, friend of the pod, Stephanie <coughs> Comalang and Simon Speiser. Speiser. Um mm-hmm. they have a show at Julia Stasha collection. And there's this really amazing VR film they made. And it's like truly the first time where I've seen a VR work where it actually makes sense. And this medium makes sense. And uh, just felt very like optimistic about that after. Because like other VR things I've seen, it's I'm like, why am I just going through this like video game world or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a film where it made sense with the narrative and you could then also be kind of looking around within this film. Um, so it was really cool. So everyone check that was out. It, was it set in the metaverse? No, no, it's set like in reality. Um, it was shot in the Philippines. Oh, I see. Yeah. And like it's actual film footage used with one of these cameras that shoots like, like not 360, but maybe like 270 degrees or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you're watching the film, you can kind of move around in the space and there are kind of things happening in different moments and things. 
Uh, right. So it was a really nice piece. And also the installation was nice because there was a film projected on the wall. Uh, so people were watching that, but then you could sit within the space on the floor, like on big cushions, uh, doing the VR piece as well. So mm-hmm. that kind of were added any, to the thing. Were, were there any works addressing the uh, baby formula shortage <laughs> that's been plaguing our society for two weeks? Um, well, wait, isn't Basel coming up? Maybe that'll happen there. <laughs> oh, yes. Maybe uh, um, Elm Green and... Uh, Fags. <laughs> Fags. <laughs> Sorry. Can make some uh, scathing commentary about the baby formula shortage. Oh my god. <sighs> um, oh god. Sorry, I'm t- totally out of it today. I'm too. I've just been working on my UX course. Um, yes, it's going really well. Um, almost done. Thanks for being on this journey with me. Of course, can't wait for you to. Uh, Reach your full potential and move here. Thanks. Using those skills. Thank you. Uh, maybe maybe even one day you will be able to afford the uh, Madonna Beeple <laughs> NFT. Or a Madonna concert ticket if she ever tours again. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. God. I just, uh, I told you, I successfully resold my Heim tickets. Sorry, I just, oh. I c- cannot handle a weeknight concert. What day was it? I, uh, uh, is it? It's supposed to be choose next Tuesday. And what time is the concert? Madison Square Garden, like seven, eight. Yeah, but it never starts on time. <sighs> and I like, whether I like it or not, I open my eyes at five forty-five in the morning. Oh my god! I just I, I can't handle a weeknight excursion like that. Ugh. Um, also, I have a good friend in town, and the day she leaves, another good friend is coming to stay with us for Memorial Day weekend, and then she leaves, and like a few days later, my aunt is oh coming to town for like two weeks. Oh my god! And in the like in between, there's a school trip. I'm chaperoning. Ooh, where are you upstate. going? Upstate. Oh, upstate. Frost Valley. Don't know it. Don't know her. Yeah. Um. Thankfully, I have my own room. Oh, thank God. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just uh, just catching up on some sleep just, and other just stuff. Just keep keep uh tabs on those kids they get really bad on trips i know that from my own experience <laughs> well luckily there's a local like campsite staff uh, okay that is mostly responsible for that i accidentally blurted out uh we were talking about a student this week with another teacher and i accidentally said blah 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 final solution <laughs> blah 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 in like and the the minute it left my mouth, I realized that is not what I meant to say. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh. Yeah. <clears throat> Happens. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, I just uh, put in an order for like a lot of paint sticks, and I'm excited to go back to the studio. But it's just been impossible to find some like just time after work to go there. As much as I would like that, it takes me like a good hour or two to just get in the mood in the studio, yeah. get into the groove, and um, my brain's just racing after work. Yeah. I need to like decompress. Yeah. Um, I did stop drinking uh, during the week, though. Drinking what? I switched. To, <laughs> Uh, alcohol oh. i switched to weekend only alcohol consumption because oh, like i'm trying to keep keep my um 
achte auf meine Figur. Ich sollte trinken mehr. Ich trinke mehr Wasser. Ja, das und Alkohol. Ich gehe zum Karneval heute. Ooh, Remember in Hasenheide, there was Mein Tage, that big. Yes, yes, I do. So I'm so excited. It used to be in Victoria Park too. Really? Yeah. Huh. This is the last year they're doing it in Hasenheide. I'm assuming they'll move it to like Tempelhof or something. But mm -hmm. this year it looks bigger than ever. Like there's a drop tower ride. <laughs> <laughs> What? Just don't don't, don't let, let anyone fall. Like I know. Oh my god. Yeah. Did you see the that video? I didn't. Yeah. Like I I think when the New York Post uh post these videos, they like do like a a frame freeze when the yeah. when the like the moment of accident happens. There was this video they posted of this insane like husband of a father of two that jumped off a hundred oh foot God. cliff on a vacation like in Spain somewhere. And it went wrong, and he like, oh you know, like crashed onto like the rock instead of falling in the water. Oh shit! And the whole thing was caught on camera by the wife who was in the boat, documenting Jesus. it. People are crazy. Um, that's why I don't do extreme sports, uh, base jumping. Yeah, yeah, scaling buildings. Oh my god! Um, well, I'm excited. I hope there's mini donuts. Um, yes. I want one of those pork steaks in a bun. Uh, a big candy rope, like Coca-Cola flavor. Mm. And maybe a slush. They always have like slushies. That sounds fun. Um, well, maybe we can, uh, we can just keep it short yeah. today and leave our fans with, uh, you know, wanting more for next mm -hmm. time. I think I'm going to, I think I'm gonna actually run over to the studio now and squeeze in a couple of hours oh, of work there proud before we of go you. to the wedding. Oh my god, look at you! Thanks. Send food I pics. I want to see what the what the catering is and the cake. Oh yeah, please. I hope it's good because we're fucking wearing a tuxedo for it. I think the reception is a Balthazar's. Ooh, that's nice. It's a Soho wedding. Okay, that must be good food then. Yeah. Okay, send pics for sure. I want to see the desserts especially. Uh, make sure you have a notch ready on your cummerbund. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that, but uh, the the uh, vest they fitted me is so like men's warehouse. They should just be very lucky that I'm not I'm not writing a Google review. <laughs> but there was no way to adjust the vest, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you could just put a bobby pin <laughs> back there." Doesn't have the strap. No, it doesn't have a strap. Um, do you end up looking like Liza in Cabaret? <laughs> no, I look like Liza in the video that came out a couple of days ago of her sitting in the limousine, God. smoking a cigarette, frail as ever, and singing God knows what. That's what oh. I look like. Oh. Okay, well, let's mood board my future wedding to avoid these pitfalls. And Yes. And then step two, Just find a fiancé. <laughs> Yeah, just wear linen. You should do an old linen wedding. <laughs> no bleached fabrics oh, by the way, allowed. Yeah, or or anuses. <laughs> If any of our listeners can recommend 
a good place to get a suit. I'm looking for a nice suit, and all of my searches in Midtown have just been disastrously unsuccessful. Um, I just want to look yeah. good in a suit. But y- I'm even willing to explore the off-the-rack to tailoring option. What is your timeline for the suit? No timeline. Okay. So I have the gift of time. You should just get a suit made for you. And Where, though? Um, probably too expensive in New York, but on if you just go somewhere else, you could probably do it. We'll figure uh, this out. I just need, I need to try on a couple of like cuts and fits to see what's a good yeah. look for me, because like I'm five eight and I have a big butt, and so I can't wear anything that makes me look boxy. It yeah. needs to like complement my my broad shoulders. Anyway, you just need your yeah. size in a short slim, and it'll work. Trust me. Because yeah. like I even got a blazer at H and M. And had it, took it to a tailor and looked amazing. Yeah. So it's doable. You'll make it happen. Okay. Somebody recommended last night that I checked out Acne. That they have some good suits. Yeah. So I'm willing to splurge. Yeah. I mean, you told me your budget, which I will keep private on this podcast because it was a bit <laughs> hefty, actually. Um, I think <laughs> you could. I was like, oh, I wonder if he could get like a Jill Sanders suit. But no, that's like double your budget, unfortunately. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, check acne. Yeah, I will. But yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, have an amazing time at the studio. Thank you. Uh, nice chatting with you. Sorry we kept it so uh, so lean on the art today. But... It's okay. We just don't care because our world sucks. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, wow us with something and maybe we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this podcast will will stay boring as long as our world is boring. Yeah, as long as right? there's just it's not our fault. Yeah, as long as there's just piles of debris in galleries um <laughs> during gallery weekend. That and like wispy eight by eight canvases of uh, gay intimacy and uh, or really really poor font font like choices for like wall size uh text pieces. Yeah. Like seriously like you could not invest some time in like picking a like you know a, tr- a a font selection is also an artistic selection. You can't just go with like whatever default Google Docs comes with. Uh, anyway, get a get a grip. Also, I have one last bone to pick. I went to an opening yeah. that had uh, falafel being made in front of the gallery. Uh huh. Sounds smelly. Uh, it was, but it looked so good. And then me and a bunch of other people were like, wow, I'm so hungry. Um, you needed a ticket to get the food. And then we're like, well, I'm not a gallery insider. Uh, also, my friend who shows with that gallery did not have a ticket. And then we're like, can we just pay? Uh, no, you need the ticket. It's like, why is this Jesus. on the street in front of the gallery then? Like, there's 200 are- people here. <laughs> Why are Germans so <laughs> difficult? I know. So, um, as someone studying user experience, think of the user. Yeah. And with that, we're off. <laughs> okay, talk to you next time. Talk to you soon. Bye, Mir. Choose. Choose.